This podcast is sponsored by L.L. Bean, who makes it easy and fun to simply step outside. That might mean breaking a speed record in a rugged, built-for-fun sonic snow tube, walking an extra block in a warm, weather-resistant down jacket, or just taking a breath on your doorstep before cozying up in a quilted sweatshirt. For however you experience the outdoors, shop clothing and gear at llbean.com. Be an outsider. In the heart of Pennsylvania's coal country, trains had their heyday. As freight transportation matured beyond the canals of the early industrial days, railroads became the predominant means of moving goods, including anthracite coal, from the region. Before the glamour days of the Orient Express, the Alaska Railroad, and myriad other luxury rail travel options, train travel revolutionized the way necessities and people got from here to there. I'm Jay Snepperson, and this is the America's National Parks Podcast. Scranton's Steamtown National Historic Site captures the history of steam railroad transportation, from physical train specimens to the science of steam locomotion, to the sensory and visceral effects that captivate the imagination, to the stories of the people who made train travel possible. The exhibits are not limited to the Pennsylvania region, but there's a unique aspect of steam railroad history embodied in this area, known for its rich deposits of anthracite coal. And so we begin to explore steam railroad history in the very place that Steamtown is set, with a story replete with time and place and a beautiful woman. The time, the turn of the 20th century. The place, the Lackawanna Valley. The woman, a young socialite named Phoebe Snow, whose surname, Snow, conjures up the exact opposite of the black dirt of the steam railroad. In 1882, the Delaware-Lackawanna and Western Railroad, known for short as the Lackawanna Railroad, completed its track into Buffalo, New York, running diagonally across Pennsylvania. At the time, it became the shortest route from New York City, where a ferry connected the city to the Hudson River Waterfront Railroad Terminus in Hoboken, New Jersey, to Buffalo, the entryway to Niagara Falls in Canada. In fact, the Buffalo Railroad Terminal sat right on the shores of Lake Erie, providing New York City slickers a direct route to tourist boats, known as passenger flyers on the Great Lakes. As a result, the Lackawanna Railroad was poised to grow from a small regional line to a route of national significance. Part of the allure of steam railroad travel is the very grit of it. The thick black billows from the smokestack signaling the approach of the train, the smell, the vibration of the ground, the chugga-chugga sound increasing as it nears, and the whoosh of air in your face as the train rushes by. And while that grit makes it exciting and emphasizes the sheer force needed to haul goods, it made train travel dirty. Because the train cars were hot, passengers and crew opened the windows, and the soot and fumes from the locomotive would waft through the seating area, soiling the faces and clothes of the passengers along with all their possessions that they brought along for their journey. 
The thick smoke made them cough, and their eyes and nostrils stung with the ashy soot. The discovery of hard coal, known as anthracite, in Pennsylvania made for a cleaner, burning steam locomotive. Due to its proximity to the source of anthracite, the Lackawanna Railroad had easy access to this cleaner way to power trains. While trains in the rest of the country were still running on bituminous coal, furthering the issue of dirty train travel, the reduced impurities in anthracite represented a brand new era for the steam railroad. However, the reputation of train travel as a dirty undertaking was already firmly established. Filthy, sooty, grimy, so many words that all underscored a certain image, a reputation, a shrinking back of a significant portion of the population from passenger train travel, leisure travelers. Despite the desire to travel for pleasure and the time savings of railroad over horse and carriage, change was needed for passengers, middle and upper class women in particular, to overcome the downside of train travel. Enter Phoebe Snow, the fictitious, glamorous, new public relations face of advertising train journeys. Created by Ernest Elmo Calkins to promote the Lackawanna Railroad, Phoebe Snow was depicted in newspapers and magazines and on advertising posters and postcards. She dressed completely in white, with the exception of a corsage of violets, a long, elegant traveling suit, white gloves, a broad, fashionable hat, and a white parasol looped daintily on her arm. She appeared in various scenes on the train, reading a book, sitting in an elegant dining car, chatting with the crew or other passengers, or engaging in wholesome activities, such as gardening or canoeing, at her destinations made possible by the passage of the railroad. Deliberately seeking to counter the reputation of dirt and grime on the railroad, the advertising company relied heavily on western Pennsylvania's hard anthracite coal as a cleaner, burning alternative to the softer coal that had previously fueled the trains. The ads referred to the Lackawanna Railroad as the Road of Anthracite and featured short poems originally constructed as puns on nursery rhymes that, when recited aloud, could conjure the rhythm of a moving train. Says Phoebe Snow about to go upon a trip to Buffalo. My gown stays white from morn till night upon the road of anthracite. Phoebe says and Phoebe knows that smoke and cinders spoil good clothes. Tis thus a pleasure and delight to take the road of anthracite. Says Phoebe Snow, the miners know that to hard coal my fame I owe. For my delight is wearing white due alone to anthracite. With dimpling face all full of grace, fair Phoebe pictures in a daze. That journey bright when clad in white, she used the road to anthracite. Some ads featured nameless fellow passengers engaged in conversation with Phoebe about the cleanliness of the train travel. Says Phoebe Snow, I see you know, as mother should, the way to go, to keep the children clean and bright upon the road of anthracite. Yes, Phoebe, I can now see why the praises of this road you cry. My gloves are white as when last night we took the road to anthracite. The ads highlighted various features of leisure train travel, such as electric lighting. Several posters featured Phoebe embracing railroad dining, although she continued to wear her gloves, and we never see her actually eating. 
Rather, she's extolling the cleanliness of the food service. Now that I see how spotlessly your kitchen's kept, it seems to me it gives one quite an appetite, the cleanly road of anthracite. A cozy set, a dainty treat, make Phoebe's happiness complete. With linen white and silver bright upon the road of anthracite. Phoebe Snow was everywhere. A model named Marion Murray was hired for personal appearances. The ad company even drew a simplified version of Phoebe Snow's likeness as an icon for railroad brochures. Phoebe Snow became known as the woman who made train travel and coal glamorous. We'll be back in a moment, but first, a quick break for a message from our favorite place to search for the best campground for your national park adventures, Campendium. Campendium lists virtually every campground in North America and every type of campsite you can imagine. From remote backcountry tent sites to RV parks with water slides and pickleball courts, you can search by price, including free or by cell service, elevation, whether pets are allowed. Dozens of different search filters will bring you detailed user reviews so you can find the best campsite for your trip. Campendium is free at campendium.com or on the app, and you can upgrade to a RoadPass Pro membership to unlock an ad-free experience with more detailed cell service reports, public land map overlays, trail maps, and more. A RoadPass Pro membership also includes other premium apps like Togo RV and Road Trippers. Visit Campendium.com or download the app today and save $10 off a RoadPass Pro membership with code RVMILES10X. Phoebe Snow encouraged multitudes of women in the region to travel by train, making it wholesome and clean and even romantic. In fact, in 1903, a short Phoebe Snow film was made under Thomas Edison's fledgling motion picture company, with the storyline of Phoebe Snow falling in love with and marrying a fellow passenger, a debonair young man dressed, of course, in a white suit. As World War I tore through American culture with rationing and other hardships, the ad campaign brought Phoebe Snow into the current events fray, reassuring the American people that train travel remained in line with the changing national burden. The impact of the war on the economy translated in Phoebe's ads to lack of waste in the railroad food service. War portions were available in the dining car, one-third less food for one-third less price. To do her share, Miss Phoebe Fair selects her food with watchful care. Though appetite be large or slight, no waste on road of anthracite. The ad campaign ran for nearly 20 years in the early 1900s, ending only when the U.S. involvement in World War I required anthracite for the war effort and limited its use in commercial and passenger train travel as railroads were placed under federal control and bituminous coal was substituted for anthracite on the Lackawanna Railroad. But the Phoebe Snow ad campaign made history beyond the Lackawanna Railroad as one of the most successful ad campaigns in American history at the time. It introduced the practice of crafting ads around a character, luring people to a product or service by investing them in a story. 
even as time passed, Phoebe Snow was firmly ingrained in the lore of passenger trains. In 1949, decades after the retirement of the ad campaign, the Lackawanna Limited, a popular passenger train, was renamed the Phoebe Snow. It was the Lackawanna Railroad's premier service, traversing the same route that the fictional Phoebe Snow had traveled. New ads were created with an updated, modern version of Phoebe to appeal to a contemporary audience. Featuring a dark-haired woman in an oversized white beret prominently announcing her name in capital letters across the front, and a white jacket with Lackawanna embroidered onto the lapels. Once renamed for the famed mascot of the old advertising campaign, the Phoebe Snow Train became, in a sense, the personification of the Lackawanna Railroad. In keeping with the image of the beautiful young socialite, the train was composed of sleek silver and maroon passenger coaches featuring reclining chairs, parlor cars, and an observation lounge. Travelers rode in style through the breathtaking scenery of the Pocono Mountains, dining on omelets, sizzling Welsh rarebit, stewed prunes with cream, and sipping tomato juice cocktail. By 1966, the Phoebe Snow had run its course. Just as the golden era of train travel enabled people to reach their destination more quickly and in greater comfort than horse and carriage travel, passengers were now opting to travel by personal car or embracing the increasing popularity of air travel. The train ceased its route, and once again, Phoebe Snow was retired. Perhaps as cleaner travel becomes more urgent in our time, and high-speed electric trains may supplant air travel in some distant future, Phoebe Snow may be resurrected again to promote the glamour and romance of riding the rails. Designated a National Historic Site in 1986, Steamtown is located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Its 62 acres sit on the former site of Scranton train yards of the Delaware, Lackawanna, and Western Railroad. Relying on the role that steam locomotives played in American industrial history, Steamtown is a mix of equipment, education, and even artwork about this facet of transportation history that has captivated young children and adults alike for centuries. In addition to the outdoor railroad tracks and the trains, the site contains a roundhouse complete with locomotives and a turntable for reversing the direction of the trains. There's a section of the site where visitors can peer into a cutaway segment of the roundhouse to glimpse to the inner workings of this complex staple of railroad operation. Several other buildings comprise the property, including a history museum, a technology museum, and a theater where visitors can view the film Steel and Steam. Steamtown provides ample opportunity for self-guided tours, and they also offer guided tours to learn about maintenance, repair, and restoration of the locomotive shop. Short train rides are available on the seasonal yard shuttle. The park also offers longer excursions on antique trains departing from Steamtown, including full day trips to the Delaware Water Gap, another unit of the National Park Service. A trip to Steamtown National Historic Site can be paired with a visit to the Pennsylvania Anthracite Heritage Museum or the Scranton Iron Furnaces for a broader look at the industrial history of the area. Mm -hmm. 
This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, narrated by Abby Epperson, and written by Lauren Eisenberg Davis. Help support the show and independent journalism by becoming a member of the America's National Parks Patreon community. For less than one latte a month, you can help us increase public lands awareness by bringing these stories to you. More information can be found at patreon.com slash national parks podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group, now nearly 100,000 members strong. If you're interested in RV travel, give us a listen over at the RV Miles podcast. You can also follow Abby and me as we travel the country with our three boys as our wandering family all over social media. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks. And by Campendium, listing nearly every imaginable campsite in North America. Visit Campendium.com or download the app today for free.